Ciao. Ciao. I want to know who shot him. But I only had footsteps, I tell you. A woman's. It was a woman's something. Wing it. Or no, you could just cut me off on my chow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do in Italy. It's take two. Okay. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Hello. I know you're going to leave there that you in. You know ciao, ciao, what? everyone. I'm not going to edit that shit. In. Yeah, we're going to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out of the can, and here we go. <clears throat> That's what happens when we don't get together for over a month. I know. Um, well, welcome to episode number 12 of yeah, Shallow Chow Chow. <laughs> We're yeah. past fingers, so we have to actually remember the um, show number. Um, oh, you don't have toes? Oh, yeah, but they're way under the desk and oh. shit. And other other yeah, things? It, it is 12. It Just is 12. Fair. Yeah. Well, um, hi everybody. Sorry about that uh, train wreck of an opening there, but um, <laughs> I'm Creep Reaperson, and these are the Phantom Eric. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Misfits. Creeps, little Misfits. Oh my H E double hell! But Chris is back. It's been a while. Hi everybody. I'm back. Jalo, ciao, ciao. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> and he pointed out that it's been, like, a month. Damn shit. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, sure did. Is that, yeah. that, that Wally charging up? No, my, my <laughs> Mac is jealous that I'm playing with a PC right now. And so it's letting me know that it's there. So, um, you know, I have a love triangle here. Just like this film that we're going to be talking about tonight. Ooh, mm. you see what I did there? What a segue. That was good. Um, so, yeah, so um, just a couple updates. <clears throat> Nobody even attempted to try to guess the goblin question, so I'll just go ahead and put that up on the um, the Facebook page to see if people could wrestle it out there. Uh, people still don't know where the chow chow comes from. That's fine. Um, 
But there is one bit. We don't necessarily have a bunch of feedback unless you guys have some that I don't know about. But um, the one thing that I think is really fun and one of my favorite things about doing this show is that on Twitter, on Facebook, um, I even have had a couple little silly emails where the same thing is said, and I'm going to share it with you right now. This is called me building up suspense. They say, (laughs) is it early enough for the J&B yet? Or something along those lines. And I think that's fucking amazing that um, we are promoting alcoholism the way we are. So, (laughs) with that being said, it is time for that. So you guys can all pour your drinks now. I think that's the only sound effect Mike will let you uh, play on the show. Mike Murphy. What sound effect? You the unscrewing of the top of your uh, J&B oh, bottle. Yeah, right? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That's not a sound effect. That's me getting drunk while we're doing the show. That's the real deal. <laughs> wow, this stuff smells so strong. Well, when our J&B uh, promotion runs out, then uh, we'll probably start getting some plugs in for Alcoholics Anonymous. Look at you know, me, I can't even talk anymore. It's because we're drunk. But the funny thing is, especially in the movie we're talking about tonight, there's all of these random tables in people's houses full of <laughs> liquor bottles. And you never, I mean, you see people drinking out of those ridiculous highball glasses. But, like, there's not a lot of bottle to mouth action in this thing. Oh, man. It's no, and I don't, and I don't think I, I spotted any J and B bottles at all in the whole movie. So, mm, I think in her apartment in Paris, I saw one on the table. But I don't know. We'll make Eric watch the movie again, and he could tell us. <laughs> I was just looking for the ashtray. <laughs> the ashtray. Yeah. Is that what I said? I don't know. That's what I said. Oh, you're getting a new pack of cigs out. Am I really that obvious? I guess I'm <laughs> smashing it super loud. Sorry, Mike. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. You're, I'm, I'm the loudest now, smoker in the world, apparently, huh? Oh, I have All we need is some firearms now. We have the alcohol and the tobacco. Wow. Yes. And I actually had a cigarette burning that whole time, too. I'll just go back and finish that one. I'm a mess. I have a, a blue velvet suit on right now. So. Mm. Wasn't that beautiful? I knew somebody was going to bring that up. I wrote it down. <laughs> Man, that was... thing was so fucking nice, dude. Sorry I jumped the gun on you there, creep. Oh, yeah, okay. no, it's, it's the third thing on my list, the blue suede suit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do you have her freaking Afghan dress where she sits like a whore? <laughs> of course. That was hot, too. <laughs> yeah. Too bad it was on Susan Scott. Anyway, let's uh, move on a little well. bit here. <clears throat> So yeah, um, what what have we been doing? Have you guys been doing anything, or did you watch any other Jally outside of the norm? Well, let's hear from Chris since he's been gone for so long. I've been gone for so long, and I have been um, in fucking complete... spas and jacuzzis and fucking. <laughs> I, I have been so far removed from the Jalo. Uh, uh, land of Jalo or Jolly. Um, I don't know why. I'm just, I, I go in and out of, of phases with this particular 
thing, this website that I do, and this this uh, obsession I have for these films. And um, for the last month or so, I've been on a downturn. Um, a couple of things happened. Uh, you know, I, I, for my birthday, I got a new Kindle, so I've been reading a lot. Um, hey, you should download Black Star Canyon Episode 1. It's free right now on Amazon. Cheap plug. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, yes, and uh, let's see. What else have I been doing? Oh, I started playing this new game called Hearthstone, which is a new game that Blizzard uh, Entertainment just put out uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's completely... Um, it, it's just totally taken over my, my whole existence right now. So it's... Uh, it's, um, it's... I don't know if you guys are geeky enough to know about... Um, collectible card games like magic the gathering i think that was the big one in the in the in the early uh, or late 90s and lunch money yes and <laughs> uh so basically uh it's a they've ported the war the world of warcraft uh lore over to a collectible card game that they've turned into a free to play um application that you can uh, that runs on PC, Mac, and iPad, um, and it's totally free to play. You can you can play it for forever without spending a dime. But they want you to, you know, put up your in-app purchase money um, to buy some cards, decks of cards, and stuff. But again, it's 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 a lot of fun, and I've been totally obsessed with it for quite a while. Cheap plug. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> whatever. Those guys don't need a plug at all. Um, but yeah, no, and and uh, besides that, I've been watching Mad Men because Mad Men started up again. Mm, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Okay. Gotta be quiet. And... I haven't seen this season yet. <laughs> um, and any no, no, like a lot of a lot of reading. I've been doing a lot of reading, which kind of scares me because I, you know, I feel a little bit too intellectual when I read. Like I feel like I I should be watching more TV. Like I I'm ba- I'm not balanced out. Like I'm not lazy enough. That's definitely something to worry about. Yeah. yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? Coming too intellectual. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no, but things have been fun. I, and and uh, I've, I've been meaning to get to another Jalo to put on the site, but it's just been like, eh, you know, nobody's knocking down my door. It's not like uh, you you guys, it's not like there's some other podcast that's asking for more uh, more material to be posted to my site or anything. So. Well, I'll start complaining about it again. <laughs> But um, also to report that, unfortunately, I did not go to the uh, double Jalo screening in Philly tonight. Um, I really wanted to go, but it was uh, I was up until midnight making Easter baskets and getting ready for the next day with my children. And I'm so glad I didn't go. I would have been hating life the next morning if I had gone. Um, but I do want to give a uh, cheap plug out to the guys who run that whole thing and you guys probably would have never heard of them or from them since you're out um not in the philly area but these guys uh exhumed films um it was a wonderful glorious day or evening in i think somewhere around 1997 or 98 when i had seen a flyer that said gates of hell and zombie on the big screen and i said what are you kidding me where is this going to happen and it turned out that that was their very first um, big screen thing. 
um, and it was in uh, somewhere in southern New Jersey. And over the last um, however many years it's been, it's been many, many years, they moved out of a couple of different theaters and they moved into this one theater in, uh, in the University City section of Philadelphia that has nice stadium seating. Um, and they've they've screened so many amazing films. If you go to their website and just click on um, past shows and scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see the very first show was Gates of Hell and Zombie, and then they did Suspiria, they did Black Sunday, they did uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, um, they did Cannibal Holocaust, where they handed out vomit bags when you walked in the door. Nice. I mean, it was it's just it's just a really amazing group of guys that get these. I don't know where they acquire these films from, but they started. Um, I guess about six or seven years ago, they started this thing called the uh, the Halloween Horrorthon, and um, it starts. Uh, it's it's the Saturday to Sunday closest to Halloween. It starts at noon on Saturday and it goes to noon on, on Sunday, and it's nonstop, 24 hours of horror films um, and other types of um, obscure stuff in that vein, in that genre. Um, and they don't tell you what the movies are, and it's usually about 12 or 13 altogether. And they don't tell you what any of them are. They give out like a little clue booklet and uh, you don't know what the film is until right before it starts screening. So uh, it, it is an adventure for sure. I've been to two of them over the past few years. Um, they're very hard to obviously sit through after the first seven or eight hours worth. Um, you know, you fall asleep and then you wake up again, but then you fall asleep again. <laughs> but um, it's amazing, you know, and they've screened some really amazing films and they continue to do it. So. I just wanted to give a shout out to those guys because uh, I've really been um, a fan of theirs for quite a while, and I wish I had gone to the to the Jalo uh, festival. But uh, to to our credit, I don't really believe that what have you done to their daughters is a Jalo anyway. So I think they were using a looser interpretation of the definition. Um, but uh, the other what was the other film they screened besides that one. Now I can't even remember. It was what have you done to their daughters and. Uh, I don't remember. You guys remember whatever that was that I posted? Um, <clears throat> no. It was definitely. I'm thinking it absurd, but I don't think that's right. Oh, it was a, a muck. A muck. That's, that's right. Yeah. That would have been really great to see too, because I've I really have a crappy copy of that. I'd like to see it on the larger screen. But anyway, that was a very long and drawn out uh, recap of what I've been doing. And uh, take it away, someone else. <laughs> Eric, what have you been doing? Gosh, I always got to follow you up. I feel like. Um, well, you volunteered me to go first, so. That's true. This time it was my fault. I'll go <laughs> if you guys are gonna be little bitches about it. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I'll just uh, just mention that, yeah, we don't have a lot of fun stuff like that. Usually up here in Minnesota, it's always the room and Troll 2 back and forth ad nauseum. So <laughs> um, other than that, just plugging away on the other show, 100 Years of Horror, that I do up to 1995. And I think I'm just going to stop here, actually. I think 95 is a good stopping point. You can't do that. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I'll keep going then. For you, you, you could take a break, you know. But I mean, come on. No, I'll, I'm, like I'm going to make it one chow on this show. That's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it through the whole century, and then uh, maybe start all over with slapstick comedies. Oh my gosh! You know what? I don't know What's if that? you remember hearing me talk about this, but there were seven police academy movies. 
That boggles my mind. Well, there's seven episodes for me. Yep. Wait, I can't do sequels. Damn it. Okay, never mind. Oh, um, so many rules. I know. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot. Um, film or Giallo related for me. Um, this is sort of the highlight of my every bi-weekly schedule. It's getting Sitting down with you guys talking about a Giallo film. It's really the only Giallo film I get a chance to ever watch. And it's a good excuse to sit down and watch one. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. What? So what have you been up to, Daddy? <laughs> um, I have been um, just getting ready for the Black Star Canyon uh, Season 2 launch on June 1st. So I've been writing a bunch, and I've been editing a bunch, and formatting a bunch, and we're doing paperbacks for these as well. And we oh, just wow. did a bunch of new covers for the first season books, and we're doing each one of those books in a pocket paperback as well. And so there's just a bunch of Black Star Canyon stuff going on. It's been like, um, to date, like my biggest um, series, I guess you would call it. But <clears throat> in case you don't know, it's kind of like a Twin Peaks meets The Prisoner meets. Uh, Northern Exposure meets American Gothic kind of thing. And uh, when we do it, we do a new episode every week. And then at the end of the five weeks is how we've been doing it. We do like a, a complete season book kind of thing. But we're doing a bunch of other stuff with it this time. And we're making like a, a tour guide to Black Star Canyon and um, there's just a bunch of stuff and we're having a big event and all of this stuff, but it's just been like eating my life up. So I'm sure over the next couple episodes, I'll be talking a lot more about it, but, um, yeah. So Black Star Canyon episode one's free on Amazon now, <laughs> but yeah, Exciting so times for you. Just, yeah, it's been, it's been, yes, I'm tired. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, um, by the way, I didn't get to do a little uh, um, intro for this episode um, because of all the shit I've been doing, and I'm constantly uploading stuff. So my computers are kind of running at maximum capacity, Captain. So um, I'm kind of I'm running low on space here. So. Um, didn't get to do that this time but i'm sure people will come to listen to this show for the show more than the funny little intro in the beginning although there were a lot of great lines i would have put in there like you dirty swine or um that was a rather good show captain or whatever like there were a few ridiculous lines or i like you when you're all blacked up things like yeah, that yeah. so i got that one i wrote that one down <laughs> and i was going to suggest that you definitely put that one in the intro <laughs> oh my god it's ridiculous With the help of your ass <laughs> that's the other one i have <laughs> yeah dude my favorite scene of the movie he's all drunk and explaining life from the perspective of uh yes you shake your ass and i drink it to your health to the health of your ass <laughs> <laughs> so great and it's just like <clears throat> I know we're jumping in right now but the whole like his whole motive that they were trying to like put in there is like he's really tired of people thinking he's a pimp you know like 
oh man, my life is so horrible. My chick's a stripper and I don't fucking do anything because I have high standards. It's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you should definitely start killing people, dude. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I, I kind of thought exactly the same thing because it was like, you know, in I guess in those days that that machismo was really important, especially in Italy. But you know, even it's like in France, because isn't he supposed to be French? Yeah, he's French. Well, I guess hey, I don't know. Like, it seems to me like it, it, we laugh at it because now it's like it sounds like the perfect situation. Oh, um, I'm not saying that. I mean, it does like hurt your manhood and make you feel like a piece of shit. But yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to go kill somebody about it, though, if that were my case. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, um, let's just play the trailer and get cracking so Mike doesn't yeah, get pissed wait. off. What, what movie is this that we're talking about? <clears throat> oh. This uh, is Chris's pick. Death Walks on High Heels. Not in, but on. Not in. <laughs> Death Walks in High Heels is not a film you want to look up. And I feel like this is one of those many films that we've been covering that's title might be a bit... Revealing? Not revealing, though. Like, it, it makes not, you think it's supposed to be revealing, but <laughs> it's more of a curveball yeah, than yeah. anything else. Yeah. They that's should put a question mark at called. the end of it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> This movie totally should have been called Misdirection? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so here's the trailer for this movie. I want to know who shot him. Good eye on you, good lips, I'll tell you. A woman. It was a woman How amazing you should care when the stupid bitch nearly murdered the man who was keeping her.
and we're back. Whoa. That was sexy. Yeah. Ooh. The girl who Ooh, does wow. Susan Scott's voice is way hotter than Susan Scott. You just... All right. You need to strap a nice block to your body right now. You had me at strap-on. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Oh, it actually okay. didn't say strap-on. Sorry. Um, yeah. I, I learned about pegging today um, because that's apparently what that's called. And I learned about this because, as we're going to find out later in the film, um, one of the characters drags it up, and the inspector says, why don't you get Myra Breckenridge out of here? And so I said to myself, Myra Breckenridge? And so a Google search away, and I found it out. <laughs> Went down the uh, six degrees of Google search to strap on? Yeah, because, uh, oh yeah, I should probably explain why the fuck I'm talking about that. Um, Myra Breckenridge was a novel by Gore Vidal, apparently, and um, it was turned into a movie, which was apparently one of the worst movies ever made, but it was also the first movie to star have Tom Selleck in a role, so that's kind of exciting, but um, there's a scene where a chick does a dude in the pooper with a strap on, and okay. that was called Pegging. And so let me, I let me clicked just write on this pegging. title down. Yeah, no, but there's a lot of pornography about pegging, actually. In fact, the first bit of pornography that ever had pegging in it was a film, I believe, called something along the lines of Inside Miss Beethoven or something like that <laughs> in 1974. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of films like this. There's a lot of series like Strap on Sluts and stuff like that. And also um, something called like a. Uh, Pegging POV or something like that. So all sorts of good stuff for you. The more you know. Yeah. And I learned that from a British inspector. Speaking of inspectors. Crickets. Yeah. So I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a little inspector gadget reference later on in this this film <laughs> discussion. I'm excited. So Chris, why don't you take it so I can <laughs> shut up now? I'm gonna go vomit for a little while. <laughs> we haven't even started about talking about the fucking fish scene yet, so hold that puke, dude. Yeah, the fish scene. Did we lose oh. you? Okay. You lose me to who? We're getting some lag. Yeah, I think he got pegged for a second. We lost him. <laughs> me? Yeah, but you're back now. Okay, I'm back now. You're back. <laughs> I'm back. Okay, so um, yeah. Death Walks on High Heels, uh, filmed by Luciano Ercoli, composer uh, Stelvio Cipriani. And we know Stelvio Cipriani from A Bay of Blood as well. Beautiful. Uh, I think that, did he do any of the... He did another one of, we did, I think. Did, did he? I, want, I can't remember positive. if he... Who's the guy who does most of the Fulci stuff? It's not... It's not Cipriani. It's somebody else, I think. Bruno Nicolai? Oh. I could look it up if you want. Oh, Ritz. To. Oh, Ritz. Rolani. Ritz yeah. Rolani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. At any rate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, was released according to my records in. Oh, crap. I just lost it. Ah, I'm doing great. Uh, 1971. 1971, yes. And. Um, the first thing we should probably talk about is that it stars 
uh, Susan Scott, also known by her real name as Neves Navarro. And um, Maroni. I really want to get, I mean, we, I think we really need to get into this right away. There is such a, a, an ambiguous, uh, an ambiguous uh, kind of feeling about whether this woman is attractive or not. And I don't know. <clears throat> I well, really let me, don't let me have... point this out in forbidden photos. She looks like an asshole. Like her face looks like an asshole. And this is like, what, like a year or two later, she looks okay. a little bit better, but she's kind of wonky. Right. That's my okay, opinion. Well, Jello Chow Chow Nation, speak out. <laughs> what do you guys hot? think? Because I think she, I think she's. <clears throat> Have you guys seen think... that episode of The Office where they're trying to figure out if Hillary Swank's attractive or not? <laughs> and they have like the whole office and they have like pictures of her and they make everyone do like PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. That's what I feel no. like right now. <laughs> I think we need yeah. That's what we need. We'll put a we'll put a thing up. I think she's not ugly. I think well no. She has it? moments where she's not like someone I would throw in the trash can, but there's so few and wow. far between. Okay. You know, I mean I think that she's she's kind of got a, a very you know her face is a bit um, on the hard side it's a uh, you know yeah what was she yes see she was also in uh, Mar- Martino's uh, all the colors of the dark she was the uh, yeah she was dude you're right she was sister and I can't remember what she looked like in that but she at any rate wasn't is her hair was different I, I think she was blonde in that actually yeah but still, nothing. Yeah. Ugh. Well, so from what I understand, and I don't know enough about this um, backstory, but uh, um, the director of the film, uh, Orcoli, is her husband, and so um, it's clear that uh, you know he was making this movie um, in in hopes of of giving her a lot of screen time. Uh, which she did get in this film. And then he um, thought halfway through, that's kind of a bad idea. Yeah, let's just kill her. <laughs> kill her off. But anyway, um, so what's the film about? I mean, you know, we always have this problem where we, at least for me, I always, I always run into this issue with the podcast, which is who's listening to this? Is it somebody who hasn't seen the film yet? And it's probably not because eventually we're just going to give all of the secrets away. So why would you listen to this unless you've already seen it? Um, but basically, you know, the brief synopsis, if I can try to um, improvise one, is we have Nicole Rochard, who lives in France with her um, lover, uh, Michel. Uh, I don't remember what his last name was. Um, My belt. Like Ar- Armal or Arnal. Or oh, yeah, something. that's right. Something Armal. That sounds like Arnal. Yeah. Uh, and um, at the beginning of the film, we have a murder and we have a discussion about... Um, uh, Nicole's father who was a jewel thief and that he's turned up dead and she doesn't know anything about it um, and she gets stalked a little bit uh, in France and um, just happens to coincidentally meet a um, wealthy Englishman who wants to whisk her away from everything and not ask any questions about anything about her past um, and, uh, and propose marriage to her in a little cottage by the sea in England um, 
And uh, from there, um, we have this really interesting kind of turn of events. Uh, I liken it a lot to Psycho in that we've got a lot of character um, development in the beginning of the first act of the film. Um, and especially this relationship between Nicole and, and Michelle. And then um, she escapes to England and we get all these other characters. And all of a sudden um, she, you know, we've really invested a lot in Nicole, whether we like her or not. We've invested a lot of, of screen time in, in her and then she gets murdered uh, halfway through the film. And, and certainly um, that's got to be a nod to uh, or not necessarily a nod, but influenced by what Hitchcock did with uh, Psycho. Yeah. Uh, so and um, once, uh, you know, the, the way that the story goes, there's, like I said, a lot of character development in the beginning and just setting up lots of suspicion with the different characters. And by the time you get to the middle of the second act of the, of the, the film, you start to get more of the details. Um, once the re there's a relationship between um, Nicole and uh, Robert, uh, Robert Matthews, the, who, who happens to be an eye surgeon, um, and at one point he um, leaves her to go do a, a surgery, uh, and when he leaves, there's a very pivotal scene that continues to be flashed back to from different points of view, and it's a scene where someone... Um, goes to the door after Robert leaves uh, Nicole by herself um, and goes in to the house and uh, appears to be uh, offering her a large sum of money. And we know this because someone is spying on Nicole through a uh, telescope. Uh, again, another Hitchcock uh, kind of a reference here with the rear window thing happening. Um, and... Uh, so the next scene, we have um, the doctor, this uh, Robert Matthews, who, who whisked uh, Nicole away uh, from France. And, and again, I probably skipped over the part where um, she's attacked uh, in France um, by a man who, who can still make that weird voice sound even when he's not holding the microphone up to his chin um, and who puts a... Uh, cloth over her head and pretends to cut her with the uh, knife but it's actually just the dull side of the knife and so um, she she recovers from this um, from this assault um, but is uh, suspicious of her lover because she finds blue contact lenses in the bathroom and so she uses um, Matthews as an excuse to leave uh, quickly and go to England so I think I met, left that part out. So she she's on the run. She thinks that it's uh, her her boyfriend's that that's doing all of this, uh, threatening and, and uh, trying to get it after her. So um, meanwhile, uh, after Matthews leaves and goes to his office to perform some eye surgery, um, someone walks into his office wearing um, these f fetish kinky boots. Um, that he basically bought for um, Nicole, uh, and of course, at the time that this happens, you only see from the from the from the legs down or from the knees down. Someone comes into his uh, surgery room and shoots him. Uh, and so, in a couple of scenes later, um, the we're introduced to the um, ridiculous uh, police uh, police force, Baxter, and. Um, <laughs> 
uh, what's the other guy? Um, I forget the other guy's name. Bax, Baxter and Burks, or Bergson, or something. Bergson. The local B and B. And you know, and um, these guys are they're they're so watchable, but they're so awful. I mean, they're like probably two of the worst cops ever. Um, although they do eventually solve the crime and figure things out, but uh, once you get to the point where um, Nicole's body is found. And it's found in the ocean or the in the lake somewhere, um, and uh, you know you've got Matthews who's been shot, uh, who's in the hospital, um, and now we have uh, Vanessa, who comes in and she's uh, the wife of Matthews, and then uh, all of a sudden we have Michelle who made his way to England uh, on uh, on a uh, mission to find out what happened to Nicole. Um, so we have a whole bunch of suspects. We have the uh, we have the the. The weird-looking uh, boatman, played by our wonderful friend, um, what's his name again? Eric. The uh, George Rougeau. George Rougeau. George Rougeau, who Captain uh, Lenny. Captain Lenny, right? There you go. Um, we have Vanessa, who's the, uh, the wife of, of Robert Matthews. We have Matthews himself. We have Michelle, who's uh, not above suspicion, and of course we have the weirdly uh, spooky act wacky caretaker guy uh, who doesn't talk very much with Holloway, a fake maybe. hand yeah that's awesome. my uh, inspector gadget reference right there oh there you Dr. go Dr. Claw because he even had Dr. the cat oh my god he did he did, he did have a cat, cat yeah and then there's <laughs> Peggy the Peggy the chick at the bar <laughs> yep Peggy that's the chick at the bar voice, who, who, Eric. Um... thank you let's hear really can we hear that again I'm sorry Nicole, take that purple dress off. <laughs> that was great. Dr. Claw's not that pervy. Maybe he is. Nah, yeah. I don't know, he's rubbing a pussy all day with a metal hand. Okay. <laughs> so, um, at any rate, we've got the investigation. It's in full force now, and we have the comedic stylings of Baxter... Uh, one of the scenes I really, really like is when they go to Matthew's little cottage and Baxter is trying to take a sip of his coffee and keeps getting interrupted by everyone um, while he's and then there's a scene where he's listening to um, Nicole and uh, Matthews. They obviously audio, audio recorded their sexual escapades and because that's what people do. That's what they do. They did it. He did it in New York Ripper. That was like a big thing. That was the big fetish. Um, and uh then of course uh, they find Michelle. Michelle shows up, um, and uh, it's fantastic because uh, Baxter gives him this kind of hangover uh, remedy, which causes him to throw up all over out the window, all over the hat of the. Uh, Who doesn't move at all? He's getting puked on, and he's just like standing still. It's like dude, it was duty, man. Normal day. That's right. He's he's one of those guards that sits out the outside of Buckingham Palace. He's not allowed to move. No expression. Bird poop, bird poop, or anything. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. And again, it, you know, I, I really um. To, to get through the, not too much more of the of the synopsis because again we're not doing scene for scene anymore because, I really when I went through this I'm like if we were still doing scene for scene this, this would be a, be a four six hour, hour show. Yeah, there's a dude. lot of stuff going on. Um, is this our longest there, movie we've done? Yeah, it, it is. Felt like it, dude. It's an yeah. hour and forty-five minutes. So, 
Um, if you take out the um, ridiculously disgusting uh, fish eating oh. scene, oh, I mean, I don't know what they were trying to do there, but um, don't think and then fish is seductive. Fuck oh. no, dude! And her fucking grody ass fingers. Oh. <laughs> It's fucking gross, dude. You've got and some then, personal issues with And then her, she's like, I'm going to dip my fingers in this water and then jerk off this towel. You're going to get really turned <laughs> on in about two seconds here, buddy. Blasted old towel. <clears throat> oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. Like, come on, dude. Like, I could have find found like 12 fucking things inside that fucking cottage that were hotter to fuck around with than what the fuck <laughs> they just did. That was just fucking disgusting. It's unbelievable. I mean, someone's gonna say it was foreshadowing, but fuck that, dude. Yeah, no, that's I'm surprised no, it took it, us forty-five minutes to get to the fish scene. It's <laughs> so fucking gross. Uh, so what? What turns out happening is that the uh, the man who was being treated for blindness was uh, part of the conspiracy, and so we have this interesting. Um, thief triangle of uh, Nicole's father uh, and uh, Matthews and Smith, who just happened to uh, catch the light of the blowtorch in the wrong direction and was temporarily blinded uh, when uh, Rochard had opened the diamond safe. Um, and now, at this point, you know, the police kind of know what's going on and they, they return to the house um, to find... Um, What's the name of the caretaker again? With the with Holloway. The, with the, Holloway. They returned to find Holloway dressed up in uh, one of Nicole's dresses, uh, which was an interesting um, thing he, to he add. He can't help it. Just leave he him alone, okay? He can't help it. It's just something that he's like compelled to do. But I mean, the Compel- motherfucker already has a fucking like fake hand. It's like, what else <laughs> can we do to make this guy totally fucking just not right? Ugh. But. Uh, I was kind of, I mean, it seemed to me like, you know, they, they did, they did a good job with keeping the, the viewer kind of thrown off the trail of, of who the real killer was. But this one was thrown in to make you think, okay, it was supposedly a woman in high heels who shot, um, Matthews, but maybe it's just this guy wearing high heels because he's a transvestite, but you didn't really... As a viewer, you didn't get much chance to digest that because the next thing that happened was they found the contact lenses planted in Michelle's pocket and it turned out that they were going to arrest him. And then um, the, the, fa- the final dun-dun-dun when you know, uh, the, fish, the fisherman guy comes up and talks about the Classic. ice uh, you know, the ice thing that he had, uh, he had ordered. Um, and so, you know, obviously we're not giving anything away here because, you know, uh, we, we assume that everybody's watched you – know, that is listening to this podcast has either watched the film or is, uh, you know, doesn't care about spoilers. Or gave um, up halfway through. <laughs> or gave up halfway through the movie because it was, you know, it was too long. Um, but it turns out that Matthews really was the killer and uh, he um, he uh, was trying to get the diamonds – because uh, he knew that they were around somewhere, um, but it turned out that uh, Nicole, um, or, or it turned out that Vanessa came and shot him, um, and totally just kind of got everything, kind of screwed everything up for him. Even though 
by by shooting him and not killing him, he, he ended up having a really good alibi uh, for what had happened uh, to Nicole. So <clears throat> anyway, um, so, you know, I, I found this film to be uh, entertaining. And uh, I think this is probably my third time through. I watched it with a lot of scrutiny in order to do the score analysis for the Jallo score. Uh, this time I didn't watch it with as much scrutiny. Um, I found it to be kind of a unique giallo in that it followed a little bit different formula than uh, normal. It kind of went through different phases. Um, I really liked um, the police investigation because uh, it was, it's just there's so many of these scenes where um, Burks and uh, Baxter, they just... Um, they, they they play off each other, but they play off each other in a way that makes you feel like they're not playing off each other at all, like they hate each other, or or that um, that Burks is just a complete failure and Baxter is just putting up with him for some reason. Well, and then um, that shared glance at the very end of the movie was very. Like, <laughs> was I was like really confused. I'm like, whoa, was okay. there a subplot that I missed in here? Lingering like glances. I was yeah. waiting for him to peel his mustache off to reveal it was someone else. <laughs> Pretty little boy. Or, or maybe, maybe he 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 pulls his pant legs up to reveal the boots, or, or you know that he's actually <laughs> oh, wearing no. something like that. Oh man, that that, that ending capped off this movie, my movie watching experience perfectly. I think it was just all over the place, and then when that happened, it was like okay. Why did, and, and, why did I put up with it? And then it even time? tells you it's like fine this movie's yeah. just fine just fine, fine. It's just fine everything's fine but I, I love how they treated Michelle like such a piece of shit they thought he was this drunkard potential killer Frenchman um, and then at the at the end he like he's walking up the steps into the plane and he waves to them and they wave back it's yeah just, it's, a, it's so you stole my car no big deal you know you're a nice guy we just had but to beg for because we're not very good at our job. I just uh, it, it, the the thing about this movie that I that I think appeals to um, you guys basically is that it's silly. I mean, um, I mean, sure, all the all jolly is is silly to a certain extent, but I mean, comparing you know something like Eyeball or. Um, or uh, uh, strip nude for your killer Watch to something like Solange, which really wasn't silly at all. Um, yeah. This one's kind of like in the middle. This has got a lot of plot stuff going on, and it's got a lot of characters, and it's got a lot of the, the normal kind of um, you know the characteristics of a giallo. But it's it's very it, it's silly in a lot of places, and. Um, and, and so it begs the question, you know, that that I kind of have been, you know, trying to 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 deal with that I've been grappling with for a while since doing this podcast with, with you guys, which is there's a certain line that the film crosses where you guys like it more when it's bad. Um, but then if it doesn't cross that line, or maybe I'm just speaking for creep. If it doesn't cross that line and it's bad, you you really really hate it. So it's like it's got to be really really bad in a certain type of way for it to be great. 
And if it's not really, really bad in that way, but it's really bad in other ways, it's terrible. That's um, not exactly how it is. It's just there's like a... <laughs> it doesn't have to necessarily be really bad. It just has to, like, if it's going to go down the camp tongue-in-cheek, like, fun road, then go down that road. But if it doesn't do that... Because, like, the worst thing ever any movie could ever do is be boring. Right. And if a movie's campy and it's fun, it's fun. But if a movie's boring, that like there's nothing saving it. This movie, on the other hand, is like a camel. Like it seems like it's, it was a, a story put together by committee. It was like, it, this movie feels like three different movies, like all because like when she runs up to Matthews at the Ambassador Hotel, and she's like, if you want me, you better take me with you right now and I'll do anything you want. You could have fucking cut right there, rolled credits and said, next week on this fucking film. You know, like, then they're gonna be in England and all this other shit's gonna go down. And then all of a sudden, oh, bitch dies. Next week on this film. You know, it's like, it was... It was put together weird. It was too long. But watching it again, I'm like, I don't know what you would cut out. Because, yeah. like, there are parts that I'm like, yeah, this is unnecessary. But even with that said, like, that was, like, maybe, like, four minutes. You know? Because, like, it, it's... The first time I, I watched this movie, I watched it when you first picked it. And it turns out I had watched it, like, a couple years back... And just fell asleep within the first 10 minutes of it for some reason right. or another. But um, so when I watched it the, the first time again, I was like, fucking hell, this movie's never going to goddamn fucking end. And I was really fucking upset. You know, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this movie's going on and on and on. And then I watched it again today while I was fucking around doing stuff. And the this is a really good film for a second watch this is a good film to be watching while you're doing something else because it just keeps going but like honestly between susan scott like i have a lot of pluses about this movie but i also have a lot of whys like and just like what the fuck was that but i almost feel like because she was the wife of the director there's parts of this movie where it feels like she just totally does not take seriously and like her dances like <laughs> the fact that anyone paid money to see that bitch dance it's just unbelievable and then she's got the worst tit job in the history of fucking plastic surgery and it, it's just there's so much about this and there were so many scenes where it's like they would like freeze on something like when they find the body okay everyone just stand there and don't move we're gonna shoot this for a while and like when uh, Michelle's gonna bring the rock down, well, let's get a grab of that hand and then nobody move for a while, but I wanna make sure everyone's grabbing his hand. You know, there were all of these like scenes that just like, you're like fucking hell. But I mean, the first part of the movie is like a typical kind of jolly kind of thing, you know? Once they get to um, England, the movie changes into another type of jelly where you have 
all these fucking red herrings. You have the fucking priest with the voice box. You have freaking Mr. Handyman. You have freaking uh, uh, Quint from Jaws. The fucking, what's his name? Captain Lenny. You have all these people. And all the shit from, like, the Hitchcock references I love. Like, the rear window shit I thought was fucking awesome. The thing that normally irritates me about watching stuff like that, though, is when um, the film purposefully misleads you because like when the captain lenny was sitting there recounting what happened it was obviously michelle like in all of those things that was happening because when i first watched this I, i'm it, straight up i'm like oh dude it's gotta be matthews it's gotta be matthews and then like there was just so much compelling evidence against michelle and i'm like it can't be him it can't and then when they finally fucking capture Michelle, I was like, motherfucker. And then when it turns out that's not the case, and that whole bit with like the, oh, and this is what's great about British people. It's like, here, let me sit down. Let's have some tea and I'll tell you how I did it. Okay, that's yeah, great. Right. <laughs> well, I did this and you don't even have the real diamonds. Oh, I don't? Well, can you get them for me? Sure, right away. They're yeah, over here. And the... That was the biggest bottle <laughs> those those inspectors did the whole movie. Oh, we'll just sit here and let him go over to this secret compartment and pull out a drawer. Anything could be in it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the diamonds, though. Not a gun. But, like, who else fucking thought that um, when the fishermen first came up that a Monty Python sketch was starting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. It looked like fucking that Michael Palin guy, dude. I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? And they did that whole, like, pan up on him. Yep. It was just like, no, for something completely different. I was waiting for it, man. Um, but, like, there were so many um, just amazing plot twists in this movie. Like, when you really think about it, there was some really, really great storytelling in this. It's just that it was so fucking long, dude. It just, it, yeah. it just kept going. And... Um, personally, like all of the comedy between the inspector guys, I thought was fucking just spot fucking on, dude. And like all the <laughs> judo chops in this movie, like it's like Austin yeah. Powers, dude, but it's like he fucking hits Michelle and then the guy's like, oh, that was rather very good, sir. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't even know I was going to hit him. <laughs> and it's just like, it fucking cracks me up. And like the whole thing, like, oh, you know how to open that gate? Well, obviously you were here. Spill it, bitch. And yeah, she's right. like, okay, fine, I was here. You know, but like... <laughs> but when he ties him up in the ropes and then he tells him he can untie himself. Yeah, it's just... I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. But, I mean, um, it's... The, the misdirection, the purposeful misdirection was really annoying. And when, you, when you're first looking through the spyglass and the girl comes up to the door, I could swear the girl had a black wig on and then when it goes back to what really happened, she had red hair, and she looks fucking really close like Susan Scott. Um, but so that whole thing irritates me, but at the same time, you're watching this through Captain Linney's memory, and he just got fucking tied up by this crazy motherfucker. So, you know, maybe he wants to kind of get this guy popped for what happened you know but it's right. just so there's i could i could make excuses up for 
every single thing except for why the hell would anyone want to see her dance like that was the only thing i couldn't come up with something but like that whole bit what what was the line again i don't know if this was before we started the show or whatever but he's like i like you all blacked up like man just like wow that happened huh right there right in front of me 70s man (laughs) white girl can wear an afro and strip although i don't think any stripper wants to be that well lit well i was gonna say i don't even think that was in the same place like the way it was cutting back and forth i'm like okay she's like really like not in that room with them but uh, if it was that bright wouldn't uh yeah wouldn't the audience have been lit up they would have been lit up a little bit yeah i mean when i say a little bit i mean completely yeah but um yeah that's good point but um i don't know like i liked um eric do you have anything you want to add before i just start kind of going into my likes and hates Oh, I thought you were already doing that. I thought so too, but apparently, well, I, this big I wanted to say that I really, I really think that you had some good quotes for maybe the back of the DVD box, like uh, this is this is a this movie is a camel, and <laughs> it's a good movie to put on when you're doing other shit. So <laughs> I, I think those would be some good blurbs, but but it's... no, I, I'm pretty much spot on with you. I think uh, actually my biggest gripe with this is the the misdirection um the convoluted you know they're they're trying too hard to throw these twists in just for the audience reaction that it's kind of at the expense of the plot and uh you know in fiction there's such a thing as unreliable narrator but i think in film you kind of want to stay away from that because film is such a you know it's such a static image that you get whereas when you're reading a novel or reading a book you your imagination goes all over the place and you can picture different things and it's not really the, the narrator that's misdirecting you it's almost tricking you into misdirecting yourself but yeah like you said when the hair color is different or when the uh, the shadow is in the exact same shape as michelle it's uh it's kind of screws up the plot itself so right. i thought that was that was my biggest gripe with it um other than it can all be the usual suspects yeah Right, I, and I don't know. I don't get all this hate for Susan Scott. Um, yeah, she's a she's a bad dancer, but I I don't know the worst hit job ever. I think that's kind of some hyperbole on your part. Here. <laughs> well, I will say another great line from the movie is when she's walking after her and um, homeboy bang and black paint or whatever, and they're walking out. There's just some dude standing there, and he's like, and they were so big she couldn't even see her feet. <laughs> <laughs> like doing the and she's like give yeah. me a cab and he's like oh yeah sure and was he wearing a cowboy hat did I remember that correctly I don't know whatever oh, if but, anyone would it would be you but yeah so anyway yeah I okay but um, the whole thing with misdirection this, this, this is a total rabbit trail but this takes me back to why I fucking absolutely hate the movie High Tension yes I fucking when they revealed that shit and that the beginning of the movie happened when she was in the car kind of bit. Yep. I was just like, why did you do that to me? Like, do you really yeah. think you're clever for tricking me by completely showing me something that could never possibly have happened in a million years? <laughs> like, congratulations, <laughs> you win. You're clever. Um, but yeah. like, you don't so... think people, you don't think directors can lie to you with a movie, but they can. Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off. No, I was taking a drink. I was totally okay. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that's... 
my bit. Now, to start talking about the things that I did... I don't know why I don't like Susan Scott a whole lot. Maybe it's because she looks like a butthole. Or... Uh, A butthole? I mean... You have to see forbidden photos, dude. I don't know what the fuck is going on with her face in that (laughs) movie, but, like... She must have a weird print. Uh... She... (laughs) (laughs) She kind of ruined me in that movie, but, um... I, You've watched Pegging, so... Oh, yeah, okay. right? But I did I did like the opening scene in the train. Now, a couple things here is that the guy who's supposed to play her dad is obviously probably, like, five years younger than her, and they put some, like, baby powder in his hair, and they're like, ooh, you still don't... Here, wear an eye patch. Ooh, yeah, that's a perfect look. <laughs> um, but I love anything on a train. Like, you, you put some fuckers in a train for a murder, and I get all excited, but... Um, that's almost Hitchcock, too. Yeah. Yeah. True that. But that whole bit, when he the killer turns around and they do the freeze frame with the title on his eyes, like... It's just, and when you watch it the second time, you notice how many fucking times anyone with blue eyes in this movie, they're going to fucking start a slow push on him. Like, even if it's just some dude who's in, like, a scene for, like, a half a second, they're like, he's got blue eyes moving on that guy right there. We got to trick the audience here. Um, But I really like that. And the opening credit sequence with them in the back of the cab, I fucking thought that was so cool. And they're just, like, chatting it up. And I always wonder, like, there's probably not a script for this part since there's no dialogue heard. I wonder what the fuck they were talking about. And I wonder if he was going, I'm supposed to be talking to you right now. Hmm, I'm supposed to be looking at things and going, huh, and maybe I should go up on you like this. Well, maybe I should start going, and no, you can't do that. And I always try to, like, figure out what it is, but I'm sure they're speaking another language, so reading their lips isn't going to help. But um, that's a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed that bit. I'm going to spread my legs open, but I'm not going to let you put your hand up there. So. Yeah, she really did have an odd um, posture in the car. Oh, there. my God. And then it went straight to the fucking police station, like that office, which was a beautiful office, man, overlooking the city and everything. Yeah. And she was sitting the same way in the in, in the office, yeah. you know, in, the, in the chair. Just to <laughs> show you from the beginning, in case you weren't aware this girl is a whore and um and that's cool she doesn't wear underwear that fucking goddamn coat and fucking like the blue fucking velvet suit or whatever he was fucking wearing that was fucking tits dude that was a good looking outfit tits to the max it was very nice um let me see what else here um oh what did you guys think okay so the killer calls her and gives her some shit. And she, like, totally, like, does Eric and goes, I'm gonna kill you too, Betty. Motherfucker. Da, 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 da. And then <laughs> hangs up on him. But then he calls back, and it's like, Oh my god, somebody's gonna kill me! And it's just, like, she totally, like, went from, like, one extreme to the complete next. Well, I think that was because the second time that she got the call, the killer mentioned the diamonds or something. And I don't, I don't think he mentioned them... The person who called her the first time didn't mention anything specific, so she just thought it was somebody who had seen her strip. Well, then and... here's the question that I have then, because she swears through the whole movie that she didn't know about the diamonds. And then the blind guy said that the dad kind of stuck them on her and put it in her shit without her knowing about it or something like that. 
So right. did she actually know about the diamonds? Well, the, the, in the first scene, the, the police tell her about the diamonds. Well, I know, but did she know that she had the diamonds? Or is that not I, important? I don't know. It's a good question. Did she ever know? She probably didn't know. I mean, why wouldn't she have just gone off somewhere? If she had yeah. the diamonds? If she knew she had them. Yeah, if she knew she had them and her dad was dead, she should have been living on a boat somewhere. Right. Right? Yeah. But then how would she have known to bring that weird little bag with her when she skipped out of her place so soon to get away from Michelle? How would she have known what to grab? Maybe her father knew that that was her favorite purse. Was you're that starting a purse? To get in, you're like starting to get dildo. into, you're starting to get into how do women think kind of territory, and <laughs> none of us are fucking qualified. We really can't answer. <laughs> because in ten lifetimes, you wouldn't understand a woman. Right. Oh, I believe right. is a quote from this film. In ten lifetimes, <laughs> well, you know how people talk in a small town. You, you could be an eye doctor, but in ten lifetimes, you wouldn't understand a woman. I, I thought that whole reveal of him being an eye doctor was fucking cool as shit. That was, I was cool. like, there were a lot oh. of cool reveals in there. Yeah, there was, dude. And I thought him getting shot with the blind guy standing there, not being yeah. able. Oh, let me just say, on top of that, um, that whole eye surgery bit, not okay, dude. <laughs> I do not want to watch. Handle some gore, but not, dude, I am not, not watching some milky-eyed motherfucker get a fucking metal stick in his fucking eye. Not cool. <laughs> not okay. So between the fucking fish fingers and fucking eyeball nail i was just like dude this movie is like going way too far and, and not to mention the vomit on the head oh god that know. was so gross dude nice and oatmeal -y. Yeah. it looked like weird <laughs> chunky orange juice or something but um i don't know like i most movies that aren't in italy bother me but for some reason yeah. this one didn't bother me as much really yeah i, I it, like her apartment it's almost in Paris. The other extreme. What do you mean? Just like that, uh, like the Glen, like the the landscapes were so like rocky and hilly and grassy, and the old cottages, and and uh, it's just such a huge contrast to the busy metropolis of like a a Rome or a Paris. Oh yeah. And well, usually when like, they go to Britain, they're still like in London or something. Yeah. So. Maybe that's what it was, too. I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. her the apartment in Paris was really cluttered, but I <laughs> liked it. Like, I mean, like, they were shooting through some cool shit, you know, like, through, like, windows and just odd things that are in the fucking middle of the room for no fucking reason. And Perfect place for a stalker. Yeah. And, dude, like, two fucking chicks. He's like, well, I'm going to kill two chicks or attempt to or whatever. Um, and they both have these awesome places for me to hide inside their room. I'm just going to I'm gonna wing it. It'll be <laughs> fine. I'll take care of it. Um, but all that shit was great, dude. And, like, the shot through the uh, medicine cabinet, you know, just, like, there was a lot of cool little things. And the contact lenses in the bathroom, like... <clears throat> that was such a fucking like I was the whole movie I was trying to figure out how is Michelle going to explain the blue contact lenses hmm 
Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to like right. put it together. I'm like, how is he going to get out of this one? Because I know he didn't do it. Um. But yeah, I don't know. And the the razor scene was cool as shit. Even though she was like very like not fighting back. Oh, you're gonna open my okay? Or you're gonna put it over my got it? I'm here, okay. And I guess you don't fight back when someone has a razor at you. And I guess I'm not a woman, so I'm not gonna know any better. But um, that whole bit was cool. He's like, I'm gonna slice you up and you're not gonna feel it, but you're gonna be horribly scarred, you fucking total conceited bitch. You know? <laughs> and he rammed the thing over her, and then she has this awesome mirror pivoted so she could, like, see things on the bed for some reason. Dirty bird. And um, <laughs> she notices she didn't get cut. That was awesome. That was a really fucking cool little thing right there. Yeah, and again, I, you know, did you did you guys notice that it, when he's hovering over her body, he's not holding the microphone to his throat anymore, but he's still talking Well, he like has this. it, like, fucking, like, wedged up in his yeah, collar had... or something. But yeah, it, it like still doesn't kind of look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the still other thing. you to push a button, like, don't you? Yeah, and then, like, the guy at the bar... The priest yeah he's like oh baby it is so good to hear your voice and she's like oh no i'm gonna be sick i have to get out of here like um i don't know how i feel about that but i really love how there's this dude and this old lady that hang out together in a pub all day <laughs> and all night they just sit there and they bitch about stuff that was awesome that is a good point <laughs> but um What's peggy i love peggy Go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's cool. The the scene where um where Burks is trying to pick her up and tell her he's going to take her out for dinner or something. <laughs> yeah, I it's just like what was going on in that scene. First, he, he takes a drink and coughs, I guess, because he can't handle his liquor. And then she he said something about I'm going to take you out, and she like jumps like across the bar, like what did you say? And uh, that's a scene that could be cut out. But the the whole thing that's why this movie felt like a TV show to me. Because right. you had all of these weird subplots that are starting that aren't going anywhere. And we see that priest like three times. We hear that somebody's coming to the church for something or another. And there's just all of these things that are starting storylines kind of thing. But then it's just like, yeah, we didn't really want to talk about those things. But, you know. And I love how fucking... Um, Michelle goes to the Vanessa and he's like you're not going to talk to me then I'm going to strangle you and start smacking you and then you'll start talking <laughs> and it's like yeah you know there's a cop outside and she's got a maid but it's cool I'm just going to fucking do this and I'm French and everyone's going to be okay with it it's just <laughs> like and then when the cop comes in he's like uh come over here please <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't run over and and break up the the, the obvious abuse and assault that's going on he just says uh, excuse me come over here what's your name you know and he's like yes i'm a foreign citizen you know like <laughs> it's great it's okay i'm french <laughs> do you think the movie became more watchable after susan scott got killed no that's when it started to drag for me not because of susan scott although i don't have as much impassioned hate towards her i don't have movie, any but... hate towards her come on guys i'm just saying like, <laughs> okay you know? well then i don't think she looks like a butthole you haven't but... seen forbidden photos then look watch forbidden I photos seen... and then we'll talk about it 
Because the only forbidden photo in that movie is the fact that she looks like a butthole. So okay, you're you must have seen the other version of that movie, but I guess I can't say anything because I haven't seen it. But yeah, I just thought it. Um, you know, I can I can get behind investigations and the like. You know, this like you were saying the the Giallo formula wasn't really followed in this, and I don't know if that's because this is one of I think I read one of the first movies that came out after The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. So they weren't quite on that boat yet with the formula and everything, but um, it felt, you know, you've only got three kills in this movie. One happens right away. One happens that you don't even get to see. They just drag the body out of the lake, and then the other one is it's probably the most gruesome one, but it's it's more just focusing on this investigation. And Wait. I really did. Wait. I like. There's a fourth murder. Okay, the, the the cop who gets yeah. wasted in the end for no reason. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll watch the second half for um, Baxter and Bergson, but, you know, with Bergson keep asking Baxter if he's going to solve the case when he just wants to have his cigarette or his drink, and so he comes up with some witty comeback. But, you know, I'll watch it for that, but... Um, you know, the like we were saying, the misdirection, the spending—I don't know how long it was. But was it even? An, was it like an hour after she got killed, or just forty-five minutes, or something like that? She died like I think forty-seven minutes, if I was, okay. if I was looking correctly, or at it's least almost we don't an hour. see her anymore. Yeah, and it was just—it was like just, a fucked maybe, up episode of Law and Order. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's Kinda when I like started that. watching the clock. Is is after she died it was sort of became one of those clock watching movies for me where it was i'd look over it was only five minutes had elapsed only another two had elapsed yeah dude it so got what really going slow on? i swear to god i think they should put this movie out as a trilogy of like 35 minute films or something like that how do the math however that works but like i just i think like it's very watchable in those increments spurts yeah but sitting there watching this whole fucking thing dude yeah man and it was funny because um last night eric was um messaging chris and i (laughs) behind the curtain he was like what the fuck (laughs) what did you say you were being all fucking witty about it was i something about the something about the sexual tension yeah oh yeah tight pants I wore the wrong pants for this. Yeah. Because you like watching her shake it and her gold (laughs) wig. Maybe it was during the scene when he was running the blade across her body. I kind of that that's kind of a fetish of mine. Yeah. Okay. I personally like the scene where he was making a phone call naked. That was pretty hot. Yes. That that was it. That was the one. Yeah. And in case anyone was wondering, I also really enjoyed the outfit that was the black and orange kind of velvety dress mini combo thing where she first got the boots that was pretty hot other than that not a fan she wore hideous wigs she needs all the hair she can because she has beautiful hair so the more her hair is down and flowing the more attention drawn off her face i don't know why i don't like her there's just something about her that's weird dude I'll, I'll admit when she had the afro wig on, she lost a few points for me. But even that curly wig where she was trying to be all sexy, like, oh, try yeah. harder, bitch. That was... 
that was an unfortunate <laughs> one. Oh man! Yeah, I think I think when she said she wanted he wanted her to leave the boots on, that was another tense moment for me. That was a great one. <laughs> See, I like my women that way. The same ones that I bought for Vanessa. He's explaining his uh, murder and his fetish to the cops. Yeah. Why not? He's like, in fact, I have a warehouse full of those boots. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Got a great deal on them. Buying them in bulk. <laughs> yeah, he was a weirdo. But I knew he did it. But like the movie kept making me not think that. And then the best thing ever is that freaking Monty Python's the one who fucking gave him up. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Right, exactly. It, I convinced myself I wasn't going to get taken during this film, and damn Monty Python guy took me. And that was good though. I liked. I like when that happens sometimes. Eric, did you? Who did you think the killer was? I did. You know, I I didn't. I thought Michelle was too obvious, um, and when it when it was revealed to possibly be him, I was okay with it. Um, but I, I did want it to be Dr. Robert Matthews, even though he was kind of the only likable male figure in this film, other than maybe the inspectors, um, or just Inspector Baxter. Uh, everyone else, all the way down to Captain Lenny, were just a bunch of, I don't know, weaselly pricks, and, or just creeps. And, you know, Matthews, he was kind of the hopeless romantic. You know, he talked about how he doesn't I don't know what what was that speech he was given to her in the, the restaurant about how he doesn't uh, get disappointed anymore because he doesn't set himself up for disappointment yeah he doesn't he ask questions he doesn't ask questions uh, he's just a stuffy old Brit and uh, I thought maybe he had finally you know found the woman that would be able to cut him loose you know Vanessa was kind of a stodgy old bitch that's the impression I got from her anyway so I thought, you know, I didn't want it to be him, but I was figuring it was probably going to be him because of the whole, you know, the eye surgeon thing and the focus on eyes in this film. Um, but then when you found the contacts in Michelle's pocket and Michelle runs, you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, don't run. If it's if it's not you, don't run. But then I, I was kind of hoping it was going to end up being Smith, actually. I'm like, that would have been kind of cool, the blind guy. You know, and I, yeah, it was a passing moment when he was in the chair getting his eye surgery. I'm like, who is this guy? What, what is he doing here? He's got to have some sort of importance about him. But this movie relied a lot on flashbacks and a lot on Uh like telling stories of things that happened previously. And usually in a movie this long, that really starts to knack at my nerves, you know? But the second time through this in a couple weeks or whatever, it wasn't as bad. I don't know what to say. Like, this is definitely a movie to watch a second time without trying to nitpick it. Right. Because, like, on on Score, Chris, you said you like Forbidden Photos better than this. Yeah, definitely. And I I don't know if I do. I'm on the fence. There's... I think it's an overall um, preference. I, I like um, I like this film for its plot because it's pretty intricate and like we said, you know, all the misdirection going on. But um, Forbidden Photos 
I think it's just more stylistic. And certainly the soundtrack is fantastic. It's one of my favorite uh, Morricone Giallo soundtracks. I actually listen, I have the entire thing um, from a CD. And um, it's every once in a while, I don't know why, this is probably revealing too much, but every once in a while I'll put on the soundtrack to Forbidden Photos when I go out for lunch. When I, when I go out for lunch at work, I'm in the middle of, of Philadelphia, so I'm walking around in a big city. And it really feels like I'm in a movie listening to the soundtrack <laughs> That's rad. while I'm walking around. And it's like, you know, it, the, the first the first track in the soundtrack is kind of like this, um, you know, uh, bossa nova kind of groovy tune. Yeah. But then like track three and four is just this weird, like, you know, weird, typical Morricone violins and atonals and weird like. Um, trumpets with plungers on the front and making weird sounds. Is that 68? Was that in 68? Um, or is that too early? I think it, I think it was seven, 1970 maybe? Okay. For Forbidden Photos? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Forbidden Photos is a pretty early film in the um, in the Jalo, like uh, in the canon of, of all these films. And but, Michelle's in there too. Um, yes. And he's like the... Uh, he's great in it. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Or you know, the hired bad guy. But we won't give it Susan out. Scott also, just to give her credit where credit's due, wears a dress in Forbidden Photos that is so freaking hot that you will want to start rubbing yourself. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't remember what it looked like. Um, there's no sides to it. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the club. She meets them all in the club. Oh, my gosh, dude. Woo! Susan Scott, butt face, you are hot in that dress. <laughs> I will Old give her that. Old butt face. Old butt face. But, yeah. Yeah, 1970 was that that film came out. Okay. Well, it was pretty early. But, yeah, no, I, I like that one more. Um, and I have to be, uh, to be fair, I think I watched... Um, Death Walks at Midnight, which is the third one that Arcoli has done with Susan Scott. Um, I think I watched it once, and I only got halfway through it, and I didn't follow it. So I need to give that one another watch because I don't even remember what it's about. All I know is that there's a there's like an iron fist with spikes on the end of it, and something about taking LSD and a hallucination and a murder. But I have Sounds no right idea. Up your alley, dude. Yeah, usually. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like a typical Friday night at my house. Oh man! So in general, Eric, did you like this film? I I wouldn't have liked it if it wasn't so damn charming. Uh, I thought there was enough humor in it that made it enjoyable for me. Not even just the inspectors, um, but there was like like we said the gossip gossips in the uh, old pub especially because she was an old grandma aged do you think they were kind of fun they had to do you think that was his chick yes or he was just trying to get her drunk so we could take advantage look at us we're 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 gossiping about them so (laughs) he's like man i've been buying you drinks for fucking 36 hours and you're still not putting out this is awful but you're starting to look better and better right she, she reminded me that old woman reminded me of the the maid in deep red at that woman's house that was out in the middle of the, of the, the country uh, but I don't know if it was the same actress I don't know if you guys remember that scene in deep red where 
Yeah. Uh, the killer goes in and 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 um, Amanda Rigetti, I think her name is, and and he, you know, he he uh, drowns her in the tub. Oh there's yeah, a, a really, yeah. There's a really okay. old woman who's the maid. Yeah. I, yep. I don't. It's probably not the same actress, but if we had done any research before the film, we would know. All these that. old Italian women look the same to me, so. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Italian women. And they all go down the same to you, buddy. They do. All right. Whatever. Enough of that. That means, but. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought the performances were pretty good. Um, I thought. You could have put Donald Pleasance in the Inspector Baxter role. No. Uh, I thought when he does, I mean, he's he's the old Scotland Yard detective, you know, in movies like Raw Meat or something. I thought he'll go. It's Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. I Michelle! shot him six times. You do not know what he was like. I've looked into his eyes. <laughs> no, I just thought he had that that. Uh, early era Donald Pleasance attitude about him being from the Scotland Yard. I just uh, really got into that. and They were super um, aloof, dude. Yeah, they were. And, and, and he like, <laughs> just likes uh, Mrs. Pe- Pennypacker, huh? Oh yeah, Pennypacker's great. You haven't brought up Pennypacker yet. Old Pennypacker. He's like, yeah, we're trying to listen to porn. Can you please just bring me my coffee and walk away? Quit making me feel <laughs> yeah, that's uncomfortable. Right. And she's got this disgusted look on her face, and he's like, what do you want from me? I'm an inspector. I need to listen to this stuff. I'm investigating. And then he's like, hey, part of my job. And he's like, oh, make sure we watch that later. Don't give me that look. Yeah. Um, Take that back to the I, th- <laughs> I think one of my favorite things of this movie was, was that little uh, hypothesis that they miraculously came up with about uh, putting the body on ice as a way to fool... <laughs> the coroner into thinking that it had that it she had died a lot sooner than she had it slowed down the decomposition process i thought that was very like we we're saying um where this went in the second half was more towards like a german crimi type uh story and i thought that almost came right out of one of those old mystery uh, german novels or something just that sort of hypothesis that they came up with and i really dug that so just a lot of little pieces that made up a, an enjoyable hole for me. So, damn it. I said enjoyable hole, didn't I? You did. I swore I wasn't going to say that this time. <laughs> I swore I wasn't going to say enjoyable hole. Yeah, Creep is going to isolate that one for some some reason. He's going to cut it out. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Chris talking earlier. Yeah, so I've been really busy the last couple weeks doing enjoyable holes yeah no i yeah i just in conclusion i just want to say i think <laughs> yeah when when you brought up the fact that this would be you know better watched as three separate that's when it kind of won me over as yes this would have been a lot more fun to watch that was the only thing that had it going against me was this just the long run time and yeah. how drawn out it felt and how they, they they sort of ravaged the plot to make you feel like you were being thrown around a room or something like this would have been twists. way better than the last season of Dexter. <laughs> it would have been, you know, it would have been really so. good. And and there, I could have used some more um, frontal instead of all okay. this like kind of saggy baggy, like okay. checking out the the saddlebags from behind. But um, understandable. Yeah, okay. but um, to get back to that ice thing, like I don't know, but like if the water is freezing. 
and wherever the fuck they were. Wouldn't him just putting her in the water have delayed the decomposition enough to give him an alibi? And then if the water was really freezing, would the blocks of ice really melted enough to let her out of the rope? Or would they have just found her body hooked on a rope with some ice? How freezing is freezing water? I guess is my well, question. Well, it probably wasn't below 32. Otherwise, it would have looked like Minnesota and everything. You could just walk on it. Well, but... I, I know what frozen water looks like, you fuckhead. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even on big bodies of water, even if it's freezing, that's not going to freeze necessarily, or else yeah. there would be frozen oceans. Maybe you just... You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want to play that chance. He wanted to just go that extra mile. He wanted to make things more fucking complicated for himself. I he wanted understand. to give the the fish delivery guy a bigger role in the film. <laughs> <laughs> and for awesome. that, I uh, credit him. So, um, and Chris, do you have anything else? I know you had some. Uh, Chris and Eric. Oh no, I think Eric had the trivia-ish type of stuff here, didn't he? Um, I guess not too much more. We kind of dropped some knowledge bombs <laughs> as we were walking through this. Uh, Ercole is married, of course, to Susan Scott, which was the big trivia piece, and um, I guess th- that's another negative for me going back. I know I keep going back, but um, it kind of took me out of the plot when the lingering, all the lingering that he did with her was kind of, I don't know, it was like Okay, this is taking me out of the story, knowing that these get that he's married to her. But um, other than that, the writer on this, Ernesto Gastaldi, he uh, he's a frequent collaborator on Giallo films with uh, the likes of the names of Mario Bava, and then Fulci, Ricardo Freda, and Sergio Martino, and uh, he's sort of credited with possibly having created the framework that would eventually become the trademarks of both uh, giallo films and spaghetti westerns so um he was kind of at the forefront of italian horror right when it was starting out in the late 50s early 60s Uh, he's written many works such as the whip in the body uh, forbidden photos which is a name of a film that's been mentioned pretty often here Uh, the strange vice of mrs ward case of the scorpion's tail Case of the Bloody Iris and Torso. So some films yeah. we've already covered on here. You know so. what's funny? I was going to bring up um, Strange Vice and Mrs. Ward because that movie has the same thing where how this movie is like, could have been like three separate movies. Strange Vice and Mrs. Ward has like four different endings. Like I kept thinking yep. the movie was over and I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. And then the movie keeps going. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> And then the movie goes on again. And, like, that movie could have ended a bunch. You know? It had, it had that Lord of the Rings uh, ending kind of thing going on. Oh, my on. God. It was awesome. I did like uh, I did like Mrs. Ward for that. There was a lot of twists in that one uh, in the last, say, 15 minutes of the film, which was uh, it, which makes it a really fun oh, movie to watch. Oh, such a good movie. But we're not talking about that one. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a, no, that's fine. That's uh that's the trivia for the day. There are not too many alternate titles I could find on this one, so we're gonna skip that. Oh shit, I forgot all about that. 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm I only found the Italian one, which is basically a straight translation. Death walks on high heels, more or less. So, la morte camina con i tachi alti. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Very nice job. Yours done. Your Italian's <laughs> getting really good, dude. Yep. We're gonna have to go to Italy so you can order me some freaking manicotti and shit. Oh man. <laughs> I'm going to learn so much self-deprecating Italian oh, without God. realizing it. He's like, how do you say pegging in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes back to the pegging. Yes. Oh, as it should. A genius. Man. I re- if I've learned anything from this podcast, it's that I've learned a new porno- pornographic sexual term. There's also terminology. a book, actually a few different books. Right on um women on men anal sex that um are available in case you're wondering about it is that gonna be in black star canyon season two no that's um <laughs> it was just on wikipedia but there's all sorts of awesome in season two of black star so if you like cliffhangers boy get ready we're gonna be hanging on some cliffs and in case you don't hate me for all the things that happened last season some other fun stuff will happen. But that's enough about plugging that. Great oh, book I should have worn these tight pants again. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the one thing that we have to do um, is um, next week we have Eric's pick, which is... Who saw her die? I don't know. Who? Okay, that You're supposed awful. to say that title like a question? I don't know. I think you should. It's set up Who like that. Who saw her that. die? Yeah. Or is it who saw her die? Because it's okay. not like who saw her die. Because then it's like who did that guy know? Who saw her die? Yeah. Okay. It's, I kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's what that's next. Um, but we also have to make our picks for the next round of voting, so our loyal, amazing fans who drink J and B with us can decide what the next episodes are going to be. So, who wants to go first with their pick of the Litro? I'll go. <laughs> I think you just got to start assigning this stuff. Creepy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Chris, go um, <laughs> So, I really would like us to do another Martino film. Um, and I know that... Uh, what was it? Torso was covered on on uh, the podcast yeah, uh, but that's the only one so far right right yeah i think so yeah yes yes i would have so so that means we can Sorry. pull from um let's see i have to make a pick i'm gonna i'm gonna instead of rattling them all off and uh, uh i'm gonna pick one and so we we talked <sighs> Just do I'd it. love to do. I'd do love it. to do. I'd love to do Strange Vice, but um, oh. I feel like I'd rather do All the Colors of the Dark. Oh my God! Bogus. <laughs> I, sh- I should have gone first. I knew it. <laughs> oh. Is that everybody's pick? Someone? Okay. I think we have. We a all have the same pick. No, we don't have the same pick. I was. Okay, that's cool. Okay. You, you and I have the same pick. Oh, that's listed first. On you had picks. that pick last time, huh? 
I mean, you and him picked the same one last time too, right? I think so. This time I came yeah, with I... an audible just in case. I came yeah, in with I three think... because I figured something bad would happen. <laughs> yeah, I think I stole your might have stolen your pick or stolen a, a director or something. So this is payback, yeah. Last I guess. time, last time you had picked who saw her die, um, and that I, I think I was going to go with that one, but okay, it, it, they're all good films. So yeah, we're, we're fighting over we're fi we're fighting over who picked the film that we all want to <laughs> talk about. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> Because it's all about who gets the most votes. It's machismo, so. man. Exactly. <laughs> I want to be... Uh, you pick, Eric. Now. Pick now. Go. I want to be Frank Wolf. I don't want to be Michelle. Michelle. Oh, yeah. Another bit of trivia. Sorry. I know we're doing something else now, but I just wanted yeah. to say... Yeah. Poor Frank Wolf, who played Dr. Robert Matthews, committed suicide the same year that this film was released. So Really? This hmm. This episode is dedicated to him. Couldn't have been over his amazing judo chop skills because those were spot on. <laughs> I think he just felt so guilty, you know, about stealing those diamonds. Wow. Anyway, that sucks. Now I'm just defiling a dead man. So, is there any other? And I just... okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> just... Brought down the mood of the show, so I'm gonna bring it back up, and I'm going with my other pick. I kind of want to go into the '80s, you guys. Oh, I knew right. it was gonna happen. Cool. And so, I don't know if this is going to be uh, challenging the boundaries of what we're doing here on the show, but I'm going with the film Deliria, otherwise known as Stage Fright, Ooh. Seven from Michelle Suave, because I'm a big fan of the Church, and I've always kind of wanted to see this one. So that's a fucking good movie, dude. That's cool. a fun one. Which one? Um, Stage, Stage Fright. Fright? Yeah. Stage. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so then that leaves me. Um, let's see. You know what? Fuck it. We're, I'm gonna pick five dolls for an August moon. All right. Final. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people like this one, and it's one of my. Um, I don't want to say closet obsessions, but I really think this one is one of the most underrated. So I'm really excited, and. Frickin' Edwidge has giant frickin' sex hair in it the whole time. <laughs> she, so. she does. Oh my god. But the music's oh, great, the location's amazing, so um, I've been kind of holding off on it. But um, yeah, I don't want to do um, two Martinos in a, in a sitting. So yeah. So those are the choices, those are good. The good yep. thing about Chris picking all the colors of the dark is he can get crap for Susan Scott next time instead of me. Well, the <laughs> only real plus here is is that we have two um, Edwige That's titles true. here, and um, I kind of couldn't get around that one, guys. So That's not a bad. Our buddy George Rougeau is going to be back oh, in all the colors yeah, of the dude. dark, I believe. <laughs> yes, he is. He's the psychiatrist. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He, he, we can't get away from him. Oh, he's so amazing. That's fantastic. All right. Well, um, I guess that's that. And um, now we would play the trailer for Who Saw Her Die. Which we're going to find out next week. <laughs> or next episode. Next, next episode. Next sorry. I'm on a week thing. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, <laughs> so until next time, ladies and gentlemen, ciao, ciao.
Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, everybody.